0: I'm Whitney Walker, and this is the Women Waken podcast, where I interview guests who are in the field of healing and spiritual work using their unique gifts of the Divine Feminine. We talk all about these amazing gifts that these particular guests have and how they're bringing them forth in the world. On this episode, I welcome spiritual director, Reiki healer, and priestess of the Divine Feminine, Kathleen Joan. Kathleen created Bridget's Flame, which helps people develop a life-giving spirituality through connecting with the divine feminine. So of course, I was immediately drawn to Kathleen when we first met because of my own inclination towards the divine feminine and working within that. Kathleen and I have an amazing conversation all about everything from contemporary religion to the emerging new concepts of the goddess, her unique work and offering circles, Reiki and spiritual accompaniment and retreats. We go into a lot of different beautiful topics and have a general exploration of what time our world is moving into and how the concept of Bridget's Flame really illuminates the idea of those of us who are holding the light while we move from one world into the next. So take a listen, enjoy, and here's my guest. Hi, Kathleen, welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Hi, Winnie. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, very excited to have you. Been trying to get you on the show for quite a while. I think we had originally <laughs> yeah. scheduled right before I hit the road mm-hmm. on my trip this past last year in October. And so I was having trouble scheduling anything during that time. Mm-hmm. So here we are now in 2022. Mid-April, you know, (laughs) and you are living in a totally different part of the country than when we first Mm -hmm. met back, I think you and I probably met in 2020 or 2021 in in Jessica's circle, right? Jessica Hadari, Mm -hmm. one of her, her queen teas or something like that, where many of my guests come from
1: yeah yeah. and I was in California at the time where yes. where you are and and then you know, pandemic changed a lot for me as it did for a lot of people. so i'm I'm in Maryland now, which is where I grew up. So
0: a little bit of moving home to my roots. <laughs> wow, you grew up in Maryland, yep. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. It's really pretty in a lot of parts of Maryland. My dad's side of the family is from Maryland. He grew up in Baltimore, so I spent a lot of time there.
1: Oh, yeah, well, we were right outside of Baltimore. and um the, I tell you the spring, the springtime is so dramatic. Like I lived in California for twelve years and I forgot. Like just how intense the springtime is. Cause it goes from totally yeah. like everything was dead to like tulips and daffodils mm. and everything flowering. And it's yeah. there's spring in California, but it's not as drastic. So right.
0: I'm really enjoying that. How pretty that must be beautiful. And this is your first spring. Yeah. When did you move? First spring being back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When did you move? Oh,
1: when did we move? Late, uh, late August. So September pretty much oh, wow. of 2021
0: last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wonderful. Well, congratulations on the exciting yeah. changes. Thank you. Fabulous. And Kathleen, why don't you share with us a little bit about your work? I know I've attended many of your circles. I know about your work as Bridget's Flame and the Women's Circles and Moon Circles, but I'd love for you to kind of give us an overall view of you know, the work that you do now.
1: Hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and Whitney, you even spoke at one of my my moon circles. So that I was. Did. Cool. I, I did. I did. That was so fun. I think I
0: think it was a new moon.
1: Yeah. It was a new moon circle. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, thank you. So Bridget's Flame, Bridget's Flame, um, is a divine feminine spiritual ministry. So, so I'm showing up to help people. Uh, most of my clients tend to be women, but I'm here for people of all genders, um, to deepen their spirituality by connecting with the divine feminine. So God as she, God as mother or goddess, or however you want to say that. Right. Um, and so I, I do that a couple of ways. I have uh, new moon circles, that are gender specific. Those are for women specifically. Um, But I also work one-on-one with people in spiritual direction, um, which is the word direction is is a little bit of a misnomer because I'm not like telling you where to go in your spiritual life, but it's more like accompaniment. Um, So it's it's a one-on-one conversation about what's happening right now for you spiritually and where where you're being led and uh, how she is moving in your life, right? And so that's one way that I work with people. I'm also a Reiki energy healer. And so I find that that energy work can also really um, make it a lot easier and, and sort of empower people to take steps in their spiritual life and to, to grow in the ways that they're being invited to
0: grow. Wow. That's a lot. That's great. And <laughs> yeah, do well, you... a, lot different, a lot of different things there. <laughs> yeah. And so when you say spiritual guidance, how do you know how to guide others. You know, I, I, as a spiritual guide myself, I know we all have our own unique way, but what's your way Mm -hmm. of, is it through, is it through energy, like energy work, or is it through sort of intuition? I mean, I guess they're all one and the same, but just how did Mm -hmm. you find your way to, to guide others in that way?
1: Yeah, thanks. So, um, the form of spiritual accompaniment that I offer is it's, it's pretty much in line with like what, what I have received uh, and what I've taken part in as a, as a directee within my own Christian tradition. And and this has helped me for years. And so it's a, um, it's a conversation format and the way that, that I'm trained as a director is to help the other person listen to how spirit is speaking in their life. So it's not a situation where I'm like doing a reading or or pulling cards or something like that for them. Um, it's more sort of holding space for that sacred listening and entering into that uh, deep in knowledge that is within them, right? Like l- helping the person access their own intuition. And here it's kind of like there's a third chair in the room is one way to think of it. And spirit is in that third chair. Actually, it's mostly online. So spirit is in a third Zoom box, right? Like on our screen. <laughs> and <laughs> and we're, spirit is the real director of the session, right? So we're, we're listening to how spirit is moving together. So it's, it's a very... It's actually the method is actually called non-directive. Um, because the wisdom, the person's inner wisdom lives in them. Right. Um, So, so I'm here to hold the sacred space for that.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing. Well, you do really unique work in that you have a specialized background, a unique background that is religion based. Right. Um, So I would love if you could share your story with us, Kathleen, about sort of your you know your roots in that and how you grew up sort of in the Catholic faith and how that sort of transformed into what you've created now and what your beliefs are now.
1: Yeah thank you I, I'm gonna take a sip of water. <laughs> yeah go for it. <laughs> Sorry asked for water, lots of we'll questions get, so take all the water time get <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's a story. Um, it, well it's really my life story, right? It's really been my my one of the central journeys of my life, I would say um so yeah, I, you know, I grew up a Catholic, Roman Catholic, um, in a in a family and you know a parish that was progressive. Like we always sort of had you know strong social justice values and all of this um, within Catholicism, um, and yet like it was this traditional religious experience, right? And I I would go to mass every week and see the male priest up there embodying Christ, right, and in in the role of Christ in the mass and. I always knew that there was something off (laughs) about the fact that there was this weird gender dynamic going on. Like somehow God was always named as he and only men could be priests. And and there there was this idea of like maleness equals divinity, or at least maleness is better associated with divinity. Right. And, and the women and femininity and all this is, is sort of separate, not divine. Um, it's human, you know, with, um, Traditional Catholicism, the, the irony is that people pray to Mary, the mother of Jesus, all the time, right? So there is like a sacred mother figure, and she's Mary has been like this, this divine mother, this comforter um, for people to pray to through the centuries. But it's very clear uh, in Catholic theology that Mary is not divine; she's human. So there's this like we're just asking for her, in her prayers and her intercession, kind of the way you would ask your grandma to pray for you, right? So. There was always this association, which which I always knew was wrong. And there was this deep sort of split within me of like, okay, the fact that I'm a woman makes me somehow less godlike. Right. Um, and, and then I'm sure a lot of people have experienced that, right? Like a God is only being referred to as he, and we're he's the Lord, the master, the king, he's up on a throne somewhere. Sometimes he's a little scary, right? We think we might be sinning and he might be mad at us. And and it's this whole like patriarchal thing, right? Um And and so that, like, I always, I always had that within me that like, if something's not, something's not right here. um, And yet I was really drawn to, uh, to my faith. I was really drawn to Jesus teachings, right. And to spiritual values of of peace and nonviolence and inclusivity and compassion, right. Um, I always knew there was something larger. Like I just had this deep intuition that there's, there's a God or a spirit or something out there that's bigger than us, right. Um and so you know I was really drawn to to sort of faith and to following that journey. I volunteered with nuns after college. I was a Notre Dame mission volunteer um with the Sisters of Notre Dame de Namur and, and that was amazing. I got to live in Lima, Peru with the nun- with the nuns. So I was living abroad in this like international women's community uh, that was based around faith and that was serving a local community. And I taught English in the school and I helped out in the parish and whatnot. And that was amazing um, because it was, it was like women's spiritual community and we're dedicated to service. We're really here to be like helping the world become a better place, right? Um, for a hot second, I thought about becoming a nun. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, but I want to get married, so that's not going to work. Um, but but that, that experience led me to be like, okay, I really want to dedicate my life to something faith-oriented, right? Something um, that is dedicated to spirituality and faith. So, so then I went and got my master's degree in theology. That's actually what led me to California. Um, so I went to Berkeley to do that. Um, studied at the Franciscan School of Theology. Wrote my master's thesis on uh, women as images of Christ. Cause remember that had bothered me since I was little, like why can't women get up and represent Christ at the mass? Right. Um, so I did that whole thing. And yet throughout all of that, there was never, it was, it just hadn't emerged yet. Right. It wasn't the time, but there was never any naming of God as she, like that was the thing that hadn't happened yet. Right. Like I could sit there and talk Catholic theology and social justice and women's roles in the church and priesthood and all this thing, but I had not put together, like I had not had an experience of God God herself as mother, right? And so a couple things happened after I graduated from my master's degree in theology and started teaching at a Catholic high school, (laughs) teaching religion, running retreats at Catholic high school. And one thing was uh, I met Amma, who is, um, she's a Hindu guru who travels around the world. She's known as the hugging saint. And millions of people have met her around the world. And she's like, you know, really well known all this. And within her Hindu tradition, she, uh, she's an enlightened guru. So she's a, you know, a teacher, a spiritual teacher, and she embodies the goddess. And this is what she does. She like hugs people. If you've ever heard of her. Yeah. You're nodding Whitney. Like you, you have you heard heard of Amma or met her? No. no. Oh my gosh. You have to follow her online. She's amazing. Um, but she travels around the world and she does, she gives this people this blessing, which is a hug. And it's, It's like the simplest, most profound thing. And she dresses up as the goddess. So she goes into like goddess mode. And within this beautiful, you know, Hindu, Indian, like ritual and and ceremony and and all of the music and everything that's around this, right? Um, So for one, I had this amazing, like cross-cultural experience, right? That I'd never experienced in that way. but, and the other thing I was like, oh my God, she's like, she's sitting there being the goddess <laughs> and they chant, um, I believe it was a thousand names of the divine mother while she is hugging every single person who has come. like you take a token and you go up when it's your turn and you get a hug from the goddess as uh, from mama as the goddess. And it was this profound, I was like, wait, you can do this? <laughs> like you can have, first of all, you can have a goddess. Second of all, you can have a thousand names for her. And third, like Amma is sitting there embodying her. Like, like we have that within us, right? We can all embody the divine, not just men, not just priests, not just whoever, not just anybody who happens to have a position of privilege, right? But Amma is there doing that. And, and like she lives within all of us, right? So the, the goddess lives within us. And so, oh my gosh, like I was sort of like, okay, this, you know, this goddess thing. And then uh, there was this goddess church in San Francisco, that is still there that is known as uh, her HerChurch, herchurch.org. It's, it's Ebenezer Lutheran. And um, I was like, and the building is purple. It's like, and there was this big banner that said, you know, I saw it for the first time. It said, God loves all her children or something. And I was like, I think I'm going to go check that out. Um, <laughs> and that became um, a, a foundational spiritual community of mine where I, I really encountered, divine feminine for, for basically the rest of the time that I lived in California. So she was, you know, she was there. I feel like, I feel like, you know, goddess divine mother was, was kind of there guiding me all along, but it was like, at a certain point, it, it was the right time for her, for me to start referring to her as her. <laughs> um, cause that, that's a hard thing for some people who are raised in, in Christianity, right. Or in some traditional religions. So, so yeah, I mean, she, she showed up when she showed up. And then it was like, okay, at a certain point, she needed to be front and center in my work, in my ministry, right? So so that's, that's kind of the, the backstory of
0: <laughs> how we got to me running Bridget's Flame. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's a remarkable journey. And I, I love that you speak to it, Kathleen, because I, I imagine that you're not alone mm-hmm. in your experience and your feelings and your calling towards this concept of the goddess because of course the goddess is ancient and mm-hmm. I think it's you know innate with all of an innate, an innate knowing in all of us that, that the goddess is eternal and that we've been connected with her for a very long time for many lifetimes that we you know worked with her and through her for a long time yet it's so detached now from our systems, you know, as you spoke to, if you're in any traditional religion at this time, you're not going to really hear that sort of focus or emphasis mm-hmm. on on the goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it, it is hard for for a lot of people to, you know, to kind of find that understanding and connection with religion when they do feel like, but wait a minute, there's something missing here. You know, I think there's a disconnect for a lot of people where I'm, mean, I know for myself, I, I, uh, both of my parents, their parents were very religious, very mm-hmm. religious, very strongly tied to the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. My parents were not, they were very much like, check it out, take what you want, but we're not, we're not bringing that into the home right. in any sort right. of capacity. And I, I was always very intrigued by it, but I, I felt this, there's something about it that didn't connect with me. Cause just like you, you know, I of course appreciated the notion of, you know, the teachings of Jesus and some of the things in the Bible were so beautiful and profound. Yet there were other things that I just really was confused about because it didn't, you know, seem to resonate with other concepts that I felt drawn to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the more that we talk about that, the better, because, you know, one thing that always has deterred me from religion is that to me, it kind of speaks as if there was a time in our history where there was like an openness to connecting with God and, you know, downloading and channeling God. And then it like closed and um, now it's right. gone. Right. <laughs> and there could never be anything <laughs> right. since then, you know, but it's like with your work, it's that idea that we're always connected, not only connected, but it's within us. So Absolutely. we, you know, the divine and the goddess speaks through us, works through us to this day, to this moment, infinitely, Mm -hmm. and when we embrace that, you know, one, I think it helps us to be more alive and and more in our own creative energy, but I think it also helps us to feel more hopeful and, you know, engaged with life. Yeah. Oh,
1: absolutely. Just the idea that, like, there's something that aliveness is, like, still here, (laughs) right? There's something still moving, and, you know, sometimes when I taught religion, my students would would ask about that, right? Because teenagers are smart, like they would say like, wait a minute. So there was prophets back then, but not now. Right. Is like, yeah, it, like kids grab onto this, right. Like the idea that, that she's always present spirit is always speaking. Right. And, and she lives within us.
0: Yeah. And that's so exciting. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's one thing that's really <laughs> draw me to spirituality and yeah. got me connected with, you know, ceremony and meditation is mm-hmm. there's something that I can hear and connect with. That's, you know very unique. I don't have to look to what anybody else is experiencing or what they say. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something I can find to bring forth that's mm-hmm. you know unique in my experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that again that helps people to feel more empowered and and more enchanted about their experience of life yeah. rather than disenchanted and disempowered, which I think more people feel. Mhm. You know? Yeah, right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. The idea that there's something like deeply sacred and, and creative and alive within each of us. And what you're reminding me of Whitney is um, actually some quotes by some like Catholic male theologians, but it's funny because they, like, <laughs> they say like, they say like there is right thing. So like, I know I'm going to bring this in. Um, Richard Rohr is actually one of my favorite contemporary theologians. Um, he's a wonderful Franciscan writer. And, and he, he said um, his definition of a mystic, is exactly what you just described. It's like a mystic. Like we think of mystics as like, oh, somebody who like lives out in the woods and prays all the time or whatever. But a mystic is simply somebody who has a direct experience of the divine, right? Like the divine is not out there somewhere. God's not sitting up on a cloud somewhere, right? Up in in heaven. Like I used to ask my students like, okay, how many light years do you have to travel up to get to heaven? And they would (laughs) Think about that. And then they would laugh, right? Because it's not like it's not located out there somewhere, yeah. right? Um so a mystic is someone who has experienced that within. That's it. Right? Which can be all of us. Yeah, all exactly. Or
0: mystic. Everybody has access to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's sort of what your work is based around is allowing people to see, mm-hmm. understand, and connect with that concept that you are a mystic. Mm-hmm. And life is enchanting and exciting. And all of those things. If you just kind of open yourself to it.
1: Yeah, right? absolutely. Right. And yeah. discovering for me, like, I'll say, like, bringing it back to kind of the goddess idea, of, it was really important for me to be able to refer to God as she in order to do that. Right. Because if like, as someone who identifies as female, like if all I was ever hearing is that God is, God is he, well, then he can't fully live within me because I'm not a he, right? So it was just, it was this, it sounds so simple, but like, it was so profound to start realizing that like, if she can, if God can be she, then I can access all of her in all of me, right? All of my embodiment. And and I'm sure people who have all, all different types of genders may have the same questions, may have the same thoughts, right? Like we all need a God who looks like us. We all need a divinity that can live within us, right? So no matter how you identify, right? I think it's really important to find those images and those metaphors for the divine
0: that will allow all of you to be sacred, allow yes. all of you to be part of it, right? Absolutely. And that's why I think mm-hmm. it's so important for all concepts, ideas, images of, of a God, of a source to be allowed to be, you know, accepted and embraced and just encouraged, like, see, what do you feel? What do you, what is it? Is it a man? Is it a woman? Is it a figure? Is it energy? Is it universe? Doesn't, there's no, cause really to me, it's, you know, the, the, the source will, will appear as you dream it to be. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not like it is one specific thing. It's because that's to me that it's everything, right? So if it's everything, it can appear (laughs) as anything. And so I think it's just what most moves through you. And I will say that, you know, the reason why I'm most so connected to the divine feminine is that, um, I, I just felt such a call to it in the past few years. Um, I wasn't even looking for it. It just kind of came to me like this, like nagging that was like, what, are, what about women? Like what are, what women are missed. They're not here. They're not present. They, let's get women together. Let's talk to women. Let's see what we, you know, have to say and what we're, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And something about like the divine presence and the feminine energy that was lacking. And so I think that those of us who are feeling this draw towards the goddess is that we're recognizing that um, it hasn't been present for a long time in our culture. It, and, and it, and it, has a place here it's meant to be present mm-hmm. so it's kind of like ushering it back in it doesn't mean that it's the one and the only image of a right. god or goddess it's just that it's you know when when something's out of balance or is it doesn't have a right its place then it it's important to welcome it back in
1: mm-hmm. right? i love that you said that when because um well first of all i love that you said she like divine feminine just kind of like popped up or like just started talking to you <laughs> you yes. know and i was like That's what do totally you talking about? How I felt. Like I would have been content to be like a progressive social justice like Catholic, but like within that, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but then here comes the goddess. And like for the record, I will say that I do still identify as Catholic, right? It's mm-hmm. just that I want a broader image of the divine. because um, like you said, like it's not it's not like it's one thing. I mean, if we're talking about something that is beyond words, beyond images, right. beyond anything, right? Yeah. that we can really understand. Um, but it does seem to be a moment now in history when this divine feminine aspect wants to come back, like you said, to be in balance. Yeah. Right? So many people are feeling drawn towards her. So many people are wanting to like sort of reclaim history, like lost sort of or lost, partially lost, right? For a yeah. long time. Um, ways that people used to relate to her as the as mother, right? In a lot of different civilizations and a lot of different religions. So yeah, it feels like we're at a moment of her returning, of her arising. Yeah.
0: Right. yeah, and to me, it's it's just sort of it's the missing energy. it' it makes me think almost of um, because when we talk about inclusion, right? Okay, we're talking about the inclusion of the idea of a goddess along with a god with the right. masculine and feminine and everything in between and to me what we're missing right now is inclusion also just of of everyone here of just people mm-hmm. in general in our in our world there's there's much divisiveness there's much categories categorization and, and separation rather mm-hmm. than recognizing that again just like the god and goddess everything is all one we can see things as different but they're still the same the same but different right <laughs> and both have a place yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah and right. so and, this, and, and distinction can exist together right yeah, yeah absolutely and to me the the goddess is the part that that you know that offers that that says hey wait a minute everybody has a place here right everybody has a place to be valued to feel safe, to feel secure. And to me, that's needed because sometimes the more masculine energy is, is attached to the idea of structure and form and production, which we need. Right. It's a great thing, but it can be sort of more, if your only you know, focus is structure, you might get a little carried away with division and growth and all of that mm-hmm. and lose touch. So you need mm-hmm. the balance. And, and mm-hmm. it also makes me think of the, the concept of Christ consciousness, which you know is also we need the divine feminine part of that, which is, you know, again, that everybody is, is loved and welcomed. Mm -hmm. Everybody is worthy of compassion and care and regard.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's a huge connection between our images of the divine and our power structures in society. (laughs) Like when you're talking about like who is included, who is welcome, who is valued, who feels safe, who feels secure, right? Like, Those of us, like the way that we have structured kind of our our identities and our power structures in society is reflected in how we talk about God, right? So like even the fact that we usually picture Jesus as a white guy. Jesus was not white, <laughs> right? <laughs> Jesus was a Mediterranean, Middle Eastern Jew. Like it just, that's just one of those things. It just sticks. It won't right? go away. It's just like, absolutely. Yeah. And, and was that? We, Jesus is a white guy, right? <laughs> so like, and the same thing, like we, we, we image God as that, which we find most powerful. Yeah. And then, so, so we have this old white man sitting up on a throne. Who's like a king, right? Like that's, that's who's had power in our society. So guess what? Those folks have made God in their image, right? Um, and then what do we do? We look at that and we say, that's what divinity looks like. That's what sacredness looks like. That's what's holy and sacred, right? And and oh, everything else must be less valuable, right? So when our images of God, like it's it sounds, again, really simple, but it acts on our imagination. It acts on our subconscious, right? So when we start to say, oh, like God looks like this, then everybody else that doesn't see ourselves is in that, we start to say, oh, well, am I, am I less worthy? Am I less godlike, right? And it leads us to reinforce patriarchy, white supremacy, like economic inequality, all this stuff. It, it seems quote unquote justified because, oh, well, that's that's God's divine order of things, right? Because because yeah. we got an old white male God sitting up on a throne, right? So so this is why when we bring back the divine feminine uh, and like multicultural images of God, like all the different images of the divine, right? We start to, to bring back, our ability to value ourselves, to value and include everybody, right? Yeah. Everybody to include everyone in that sacredness and that yes. holiness. Right?
0: Yeah. And and that to me is when the real transformation happens as far as our experience of life. Um, because when we when we change this this notion that we created, you know, it wasn't like it's inherent that we're yeah. some people are va- more valuable than others. That's the construct that humans created, mm-hmm. and that again has really stuck. It's really been like just, just more and more enforced. But I feel in the past decades, and it, now it's just like quickening more and more is this concept of is that true? Was any of this ever real? But it's so built into all our structures. And there's unfortunately, there's so many people who benefit and keep their place at the top tier. If you create a tier system, those at the top are not always going to want to let it come right. down, right? And so there's people holding on, but there's more of a saying, "Oh gosh, this who is this really benefiting and is anyone really in the end because it, even those at the top have to keep forcing something because none of these notions are natural. Right. Any any system that creates a hierarchy or that some are more valuable than others is always going to be forced because it's not true. And, it, and to me, that's what the goddess is. It's it's a knowing that everything has its equal and inherent value and worth and place. No different again, different, but no none above the other. And I feel almost you know there is something to um, those who established the ancient religions did a lot to sort of bury other information that wasn't so convenient <laughs> to keep <laughs> certain ideas in place. And Amazing. that's to me what's coming back now. And you know, I've actually talked to a lot of people who, you know, when I told you that I feel like I got this call towards the divine feminine, mm-hmm. something that kind of came to, that would come to me was it's safe to talk about this now, yes, because in the past centuries women have been killed. Yes, at Millions for trying to speak to things that were not, again, convenient, that didn't want to, people didn't want to come out or that people mm-hmm. labeled witchcraft or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Really, it was just trying to bring up what was buried, right. but it's different now. You know, yes, you can still get ridiculed or, you know, people are, right. might have not agree with you, but you're not so much going to get, you know, stoned to death or, you know, whatever right. it is. <laughs> You can. We can speak. It's safe now. And I kept hearing that when I started getting pulled to create Women Waken and do these things, it was like, "This is the time." You mm-hmm. might. It might still be challenging. It might be hard. But gather together now because it's okay, it's, it's ready. It's time now, which yeah. is really exciting. It you is, know, it is. It is. Really so we're exciting. alive at this time, and that all of us, those of us who feel this call, I think it's because it's time to come through, and I mm-hmm. think this is when the real yeah. change can happen. Because I think there's so many people, Kathleen, kind of like yourself, that are they they're yearning for something different. Mm -hmm. There's still, there's concepts and I believe religion is sacred and that there's, I don't believe in sort of, you know, tearing things down. I just believe in Mm -hmm. allowing for people to evolve and grow. Right. That's Mm -hmm. one of the problems that I've historically had with religions and other structures is when they don't allow for change. Right. right? When they don't allow for it to, for it to evolve and grow, because to me, life is change. Life is growth. It's always growing. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think that that's at the time where we're at, where people say, well, you know, my religion is so important to me, but something doesn't feel right. Right. I feel like I'm, and look at, you know, minorities and women, it's like, I don't feel like I'm really represented here (laughs) or (laughs) or regarded very highly. Mm -hmm. So So what am I I doing? Like, why am I hanging out? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So I, I do feel that we're in this time of great change as many of us feel and that it's so vital for people to be speaking to this mm-hmm. and to begin to open these doors and these windows and these avenues, you know, for people to start exploring new ways.
1: Yeah. Oh, I just love everything you've said, Whitney. And I, I love um, what you said about like, it's safe now, like it's safe now to talk about this. Cause you're right. There is so much like historical generational trauma around the repression of the divine feminine right and and the repression of of like the feminine in all of us in our psyches and, and the repression of women in society like all of these things yeah. go together right and um I, I will i will name that for me there was a little bit of like like the, the school that i taught at it was it was fine just to name sort of bring up the theological question and discussion of how we name the divine right so so i would have the conversation with students like you know, you you can call God, she too. Right. And they would, their heads would kind of explode and then we would have that conversation. And, Mm -hmm. and uh, I had a student one time, a little girl, well, sophomore, high school sophomore put up her head hand and said, wait a minute. I thought he was a man. Like, like literally, like that's how literal it gets embedded into our brains. Right. Wait a minute. I thought he was a man. So we could have that conversation. um, And yet I always felt like there was a little bit, like I had some fear right around like, is it okay to talk about this? I and mean, maybe I can kind of talk about it in the classroom, but um, but there's certainly no changing the ritual that we do, right? Like the ritual is is very ritualized and sort of cemented, right, yeah. uh, within Catholicism, and we still have to bring in the male priests to celebrate the mass and all this kind of thing, right? So yeah, there was this there was this fear of like, and, and I I actually had to kind of remind myself, like, kind of what you said, like, all right maybe there's a little bit of job insecurity around this right although there shouldn't be because we should be able to talk about the divine feminine in all contexts and, but and but at the same time um yeah i kind of had to remind myself like i'm not going to get murdered for it <laughs> right like i'm not going to be burned at the stake the way women have been burned you know in, in previous centuries and so yeah, I'm just I'm grateful that I've had the opportunity to bring up this conversation in in different settings, and and that I'm now able to work on it um,
0: through my own ministry. So me too. Yeah, and I'm very grateful <laughs> for you and the work that you're doing, and I just think it's fantastic. So, can you tell us a little more about some of the um the groups that you hold and how that kind of acts towards this sort of holding um holding space and sort of a container for people to because. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that I find, and I I did an episode recently with Gianna. you probably know Mm -hmm, Um, and ritual and ceremony is so valuable because sometimes these concepts can feel kind of nebulous, like, okay, yes, I, I honor the goddess within me and I feel connected to the goddess, but until you actually, you know, sort of set aside that time for connection, you can, it can feel just like any habit, right. Or any, any Mm -hmm. practice more so a mm-hmm. practice and a habit. If you don't find time for it and be deliberate about it, you can kind of feel like you're not actually engaging or, or growing with it. Yeah. So, and I feel like your circles hold that space for people to be like, wow, this is something that I'm really wanting to move into and experience. And this is a, a place to do it.
1: Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Um. Well, and just what comes up for me when you say that is like, you know, spiritual practice is like any other practice, like we can value like health, but if we don't exercise, we're not actually practicing it. Right. We're not actually like bringing it into our routine and our, and we don't, we don't grow or change if we don't actually do the practice. Right. So, um, so yeah, spiritual practice, same mean, same thing, like you said, right. Like we have to, to make the time for it. Um, and one way that, that I think is super important to do that is in community. Right, like if and then there's a space for certainly there's a space for individual prayer and meditation time and, and you know ritual or whatever people want to do, um, but being in community, it's like you know there's always going to be aspects of the the goddess that we don't that we haven't understood because we're limited in our brains, and so being in community with other people, like multiple hearts and souls on the same journey are, are better than one. Right. And, and we can help one another and listen to one another. So yeah, I, I offer circles through a group called the wild woman project. Um, it is a, it's a global network of women's circles and there are um, themes and uh, sort of topics that come up that are based around the astrology, uh, the seasons and the astrological signs of each new moon. So we get together at the new moon and there'll be a theme around, like we just had the new moon in Aries Okay, so there was a theme that had to do with like Aries type of energy, right? Um, And so we'll be exploring some sort of theme or topic. Um, There is guided meditation, which is a real, an opportunity for women to listen deeply to that intuition, that deep inner voice within themselves, right? There's some journal time and there's, there's sharing time and we get to go around and hold sacred space for one another to, to speak our wisdom, right? From within us. And, and I find that, and we do some ritual intention setting as well. So like setting an intention, like here's what's coming up for me. Here's what I, what I intend or pray. Um, some people call it a spell. Some people call it a prayer. Some people call it an intention, right? Um, but you're naming out to the universe and being witnessed by your sisters in the circle. Um, that which you are calling in for your life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that can be really powerful. I mean, I find that the, the naming it out loud uh, and the being heard is a really powerful way to speak speak into being what, what is coming up for, from your inner wisdom and that which you wanted to draw into your life.
0: Right. So, yeah, absolutely. And to be seen and heard by others. And cause just to hear your own voice, mm-hmm. you know, especially right. when we talk about recognizing the goddess within, I mean, that can sound like a big thing. Like right. it's hard to imagine <laughs> sometimes like I am a goddess with it. Like I have connection to that. Like, right. but it, the real question is like, who? How, why wouldn't we? You know, Mm -hmm. but we, we're kind of trained to think like, well, I'm just like, I just showed up here and I'm just a normal person. And, but it's like, really, (laughs) but you showed up on planet earth and you got like birthed into this place and you have like this special, you know, we're just this energetic being that has a lot to offer. (laughs) And so why wouldn't we be a goddess? So, but it is, can be hard to feel that on your own. So I've noticed the power in circle when you speak and you say, wow, you know, I do have like a voice. Mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes we don't recognize that we want, maybe want to keep ourselves small, but when you begin to speak and say your intentions and say what you see and what you're feeling and thinking, you know, you, you do kind of start to feel that goddess within that's very, very powerful and strong. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And being heard, like, like you said, being heard and being witnessed, right. Cause it also, um, I find that, naming something out loud kind of makes, makes me accountable to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like if I say like, okay, I'm going to, um, I'm going to release fear this month or whatever it is, right. Whatever my intention is. Yeah. Uh, and I say that out loud, it's almost like it already starts to take effect just because people have heard it. And just yeah. because now it's a little bit more real <laughs> because someone yeah. else has is in on that
0: wavelength. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in, um, recover. I've been sober for seven years from drugs and alcohol. And I always tell people when I'm working, you know, cause I work with a lot of clients in recovery. Mm-hmm. And I say, I tell them that one of the turning points for me was there's, I did AA. So it has 12 steps. And when you um, make amends. And so you call people and you basically say, I'm getting sober. This is what I'm doing. And I want mm-hmm. to make things right if I can. Oh. And I, t- I told them that as soon as I was calling people and I was speaking out loud, I am sober I don't drink anymore. Mm-hmm. It made it. I was like, oh wow, I, I guess I really am. Right. <laughs> you know, like I guess I'm not going back on this one because I right. speak it. Right. Cause they say the power is it's thought, word, then action. Mm-hmm. So that's how you bring things out into the universe. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you speak it, it does make it real. And it is, and it does actually make you feel that, like, okay, when you declare something, anytime, you know, they say that that I am is sort of like the key to the engine of life. Uh-huh. You know, I oh, am God. the goddess. That's a huge statement. <laughs> powerful. Uh-huh.
1: Well, I am is the name of the divine in the Bible, actually. Yeah. So, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And it's our, like, it's our I am, right? Like, and, and to me, that's what's powerful about that is it's like, when we say I am, whatever we are, or just I am, yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're claiming that we are part of the, of a bigger I am. Like, yes. I am here. So yes. how are you? Which again is like the whole divine is the one who is she who Mm -hmm. is right as Elizabeth Johnson, my favorite Catholic theologian, said, right in her book, uh, "She Who Is." That's Mm -hmm. the divine one, and and we are part of that, and so we have the ability, like you said, to sort of claim and and shape for ourselves how we participate in that, how we participate in her life,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so again, so wonderful when people are facilitating this. And you know, I think that it's it's so great that people can jump in and join your groups who maybe have no idea. About this or how it works, so they can kind of get this introduction and dip their toe in and begin yeah. to have this experience. Because you know, I, I feel like um, you know, we have a collective consciousness, right? So the more that this idea, like I feel, the reason why it came into my consciousness was because it's existing right now, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of women who are feeling this way, and it's yep. like it just kind of like seeped into mine, and I was just like, wow what is, what is? this? <laughs> Where did <need laughs> to go, go with wrong. this?" But exactly. I, I think it's because it's it's existing. Anything that exists within the Collective consciousness can become a part of your consciousness. Yep. And, you know, and to me, that's why the shift that's beginning is, I see it as inevitable that we're, because, you know, we're, it's not just, we think that we're in charge of the universe and the world, but there is something bigger than us. You know, there's some, at a collective level, but then also like a world level, the world itself is a being, you know, it's a, if you look at the planet earth, we can call her she, a lot of us call it mother earth. Mm -hmm. She has her own consciousness too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she. I think she's a little tired and frustrated, maybe. (laughs) I think she's starting to get more than a little frustrated. Yeah. (laughs) And we're seeing that. I think she's
1: ready to... Well, yeah, it was funny. Like, I mean, this whole pandemic has been such a a period of, of suffering for so many of us. Right. And, and what one image that came to me, like right at the beginning was like, mother earth is sending us all home to our rooms to think about what we've done. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, which, and, and I don't mean to, to make light of that, but it, it definitely felt like there's just come this time where we need to pause. Like we need to pause and we need to think about our relationship with the earth and
0: with one another. Right. Yeah. Like we're sort of being called to that moment of, of realization of consciousness. Absolutely. Right. It's kind of, and I think I talked about this in a show recently, but it's sort of like a, it was, it's a collective dark night of the soul because mm-hmm. they'll say that a dark night of the soul is literally when you're sort of acknowledging the shadow part of your, it's of your life where you're right. asking, am I truly on my soul's path? Is And it's that acknowledgement of like, oh man, maybe I'm, I think I've kind of gone down a different path than I am really intended for. And it's that, you know, sort of come to your knees moment where it says, do I want to keep going that way or do I want to really look at who I am and what I believe my destiny or my work or what my calling is. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that, you know, sometimes life and the the universe, whatever you want to call it, will assist us in ways that we might not have wanted Um, often it it can be an injury or illness that happens all the time because what does that do? It slows us down. It -hmm. stops us when otherwise we might keep going full force, full steam ahead, nonstop, working, working, working. And it's, it gives us pause. So, you know, this pandemic gave us pause, all of us. And Mm -hmm. that's huge. And I think that's why we're seeing this succession of shifts and changes. And now nothing's ever going to be the same. And we're going to keep changing because it's time. It's just what right. it is. Nothing can go on forever. Life is ever changing. And we're at the end of one era, but that in-between can be very confusing and chaotic, which I think is what we're going to be seeing.
1: Hmm. The in-between.
0: Yeah. In-between times. Yeah. yeah. Which is always unstable. It's like having one foot in what you knew and the other foot in like discovering yeah. what's next. And that can be unnerving because, you right. know, new is always a little bit, can be scary. <laughs> uh-huh. Kind of like leaving your old job to go start a goddess ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And how is, well, tell us about that. Like how long did it take for you to, because it's unique, right? Like, and I'm, because I'm kind of in this period where I'm an established therapist, but I I have this calling towards something more sort of, you know, really strongly spiritual based and more about like bringing women together and speaking to these topics. And, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, how do I make? living off of that. I don't know. Cause mm-hmm. it's not in the formal structure. So how did you right. sort of find your way to, you know, really being able to finance yourself and find that security in this calling that was a bit off the beaten path? Mm, yeah. Thanks. Well, that that's
1: been a big part of my journey during the pandemic actually. Um, and starting sort of before it. And it's so funny to me because, um, one thing that that I'll name around that is like, you know, the teaching and, and retreat leading job that I had at, at a Catholic high school really worked for me for a long time. And, and it was funny cause it was like that, that was what was appropriate. That was where I was. I, was, I learned so much and I grew as a professional and as an educator and a, a retreat leader, right. And all this and, um, had so many wonderful experiences. So it was really funny that it was pretty sudden, like from like 2019 to 2020 I just started having all of this like like I I was having dreams about like the moon and the you know churches and moons and goddesses and women like all of this you know sort of divine downloads and um to the point where I when you can laugh at this I sat down one day and googled how to make money as a goddess priestess <laughs> thinking that nothing Would come up. (laughs) But where do you go first? Google. Okay. Um, but that just to me that says that the spirit can speak to you through any avenue. Spirit can speak to you through Google. Why not? She spoke to me. Um, she 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 actually popped up a a retreat. It was like an event, it was in person pre-pandemic, um, that uh Jessica Hadari was hosting. Uh, and so that was it was like this conference, and I it was like women's spiritual business leadership kind of thing. And I was like, what? (laughs) you mean that's out there? Um, so I went to the conference, met Jessica, met all these amazing women, many of whom you have interviewed on your podcast. Like we've been in this circle together. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just, my eyes were this big. I was looking around going, you mean people do this? (laughs) You mean people make money at their own? I had never imagined I would start a business. Nobody in my family has their own business. Like it was not a thing. It was like, you just work for somebody else. And then you're you're financially taken care of. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was just the model that I knew. Um, and so I, you know, and I, I would, i heard like a friend around the same time talking about like starting her own business as a therapist and something clicked, not that I'm a therapist, but like the mention of, of one's own business, something clicked in me. I was like, yes. Like, I just got this intuitive hit of like, that's it. And then I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> you mean what, <laughs> like, what are you saying? Intuition? Like, I do not know how to start my own business. So anyway, that was, uh, I literally like, God has guided me through Google (laughs) to Jessica's circle. And um, so I've been working, you know, on on building a model that's going to be sustainable for a, you know, a spiritual ministry. Actually, I I was explaining this to my parents and um, my dad said, well, is it a ministry or is it a business? And I said, it's a ministry that's structured as a business because I don't know any goddess institutions that are prepared to pay me a salary and benefits to, to do this work. Right. So it's, it's for, for, especially I think for Christians or for more traditionally religious people, it's like, wait, that's not a business. It's putting together the spiritual and the business aspect can be hard. Right. Um, But anyway, yeah, long story short, like you said, the universe will assist us. There were other factors also during the pandemic that not only my sort of like burgeoning dissatisfaction with my job and wanting to like move to my next professional step right um not that there's anything wrong with the school it's a wonderful school but um but really me wanting to sort of take this step where the goddess would be front and center and then all of a sudden like there were other factors in in you know my life my husband's life things that were going on for us that were like okay we need to move and sell our house in san jose california um and we, we sort of discerned that we were going to end up back here in Maryland. And with that shift came a, a sort of different financial situation to the point where, right. Cause like California housing is different than Maryland housing to the point where um, <laughs> I do have a part-time job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so it, it's like it created space, right? It's like, I'm able to work on this ministry. Um, I do have a part-time job right now in addition to the ministry, but, um, and my husband kept his job. And so it was like, there can be room. Like, like some, it was like the goddess kind of, you know, did all of these things that felt really chaotic <laughs> and felt really like my entire life felt like we spent a year moving practically. Cause we sold our house and then lived with family and relatives for a long time and then drove across the country. Anyway, <laughs> it felt really chaotic, but it, we, we have ended up with space. Like I've ended up with room in my life to do this. And so I, I appreciate that you're talking about that in between time. Right. Cause that's like, that's where I feel like that's where she's emerging and, If we, in the moments when I'm able to trust it, (laughs) which is more and more these days, um, it's not every day that you're able to be like, all is working out. (laughs) Julian of Norwich, all shall be well. Like, I just, I just need to like paste that on my wall. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's like, if you, the more we can come back over and over to trusting the in-between times, right? Trusting kind of that something new is emerging
0: from the chaos, (laughs) Um, the more she's able to guide us in that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I always think about, you know, a concept that I heard sort of about faith and trust is that whatever you think of as source or spirit, it, it has a eagle eye view. It Mm -hmm. sees like the whole thing and it sees how everything comes together. And all we see is our one little spot. And we say, this isn't working out right now. (laughs) This is nothing. I don't know how this works out, but it's like, we don't know how certain things, things haven't even come into place that are going to lead the way towards where Mm -hmm. we're going. You know, they say like the divine path and all of that will come is, is always, you know, coming together for you, for your highest good. But in that, in between, it can be like, um, are you sure? Like right. Hello. <laughs> Hello there. I like, you said, like it's almost like little squares along
1: the like little I'm picturing little like blocks on a sidewalk, you know, and you're uh, just standing on like the
0: yellow brick road this one. like this one sucks. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't like this one. Yeah. Right. But yeah. Yeah. And I, I just appreciate you so much sharing with us because you know, I think I've actually talked to a lot of other women through Jessica's circles and just this sort of, you know, the network mm-hmm. that's really coming together of women who are spiritual business women, you know, it's like the time is now where it's like, we're bringing these kind of woo crazy topics, like to fruition (laughs) and not just in a very like salesy way, but in like, this is what's coming through me. And I, I want to do it, but I also got to like pay my bills. So (laughs) absolutely, (laughs) we're finding our way, but I am talking to a lot of women like myself, where it's like, I don't, I haven't made the jump yet. I don't know how to like, and it's, I think a lot of it is that faith where like, sometimes there's a quote I love that says, jump and the net will appear. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to drive across the country. You have to move. Right. You have to do something radical and trust that you know if this is your path. So it's going to come together. It just might feel unstable when you can't see what is you know mm-hmm. the higher view. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think
1: there's a there's a leap absolutely I love that leap in the net will appear. And um gosh, what else comes up for me around that? The the idea of sacred exchange too Like, because I I think part of it is like practical and kind of institutional. Like you said, like, if you work for someone else, there's this like, okay, well, I'm just going to work and I'm getting paid. And in traditional, at least in, you know, the religious tradition that I grew up in, people didn't associate spirituality with business so much because like the people who were in the ministry roles, like priests and nuns were being supported by the church, right? right? So you would give your donation to the church, but you wouldn't necessarily pay to go like talk to a spiritual director or like, you know, have the priest come to your, you know, whatever event. Right. So like, so people weren't used to like paying for the thing. Um, But I think, I think what, you know, you're talking about and what we're bringing back is really this idea of like sacred exchange. Like if all we do is because, because I'm not, you know, you and I are not being supported by institutions (laughs) right now. Right. And if, if all we do is give, 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 and we don't receive, we dry up. We're going to run out right? Yeah. Like energetically, physically, financially. Right. So there's this idea that like, we have to allow the divine to fill us up. And that's the only way we can keep pouring out. Yes. Like I'm not infinite in my own little body and being, and neither Mm -hmm. are you, but the goddess is, and she can sustain us so that we can do our work. Right. And so, so the the money Mm -hmm. is part of that, right. It's like part of the sacred exchange. And, you know, we, yeah. I mean, the women show, like there's an exchange for coming to my circle, right? Which is, a, it's like a sliding yeah. scale and people can give what they can give. Right. And, and so you give what you are able to offer and you receive what you're receiving. And so everyone
0: is nourished right in that, yeah. in that setting. So. Yeah. So it's interesting. You I feel like you, you said nourished and I feel like you mentioned love. So I had this um, sort of like a inspiration or a concept that came to me in meditation a while back. That I shared recently with someone and they said, oh my gosh, I've had the same thing. But it was about, it was basically like, we will eventually just have a love-based currency. Hmm. And that sounds so like a hippie that's notion cool. from the 60s. But <laughs> it, was, it was just like this, like, you know how something is, it's, it's not woo. It's actually just moving into something that's in actuality is more realistic. Because right now our currency makes no sense. Really. And, right. you know, it, it just, it's like make believe, and there's more inflation and there's more, you know, <laughs> debt than there is actual right. money. And it just, it's wacko, but we follow right. it. But yeah. so what I had this vision of is it's just, it, it goes back to a currency where you're literally just exchanging loving offerings and so we're all helping each other, mm-hmm. right? It's just helping and assisting, and you exchange things for that, but it doesn't necessarily have to be monetary. Yeah. It was just, it just came to me like a love based currency. And mm-hmm. I shared that with a friend, and she said that's something that, like more, I mean, this gets a little esoteric, but like, uh, if you believe in like alien beings and species on other planets, um, mm. that are more evolved than humans that have developed more loving, realistic, sustainable ways of living, then that's mm-hmm. what they have is a more, what we I'll call love based currency. Mm. So it just, what, what we were speaking to just made me think of that because, yeah. cause we, I, cause I also agree with your notion that they're, between like some a place like a church not taking direct payment mm-hmm. I think there became this concept of money is bad and mm-hmm. you don't pay if you pay for a service that means that person is greedy they just want mm-hmm, yeah, your yeah. money and that's not true it's just because just like you said we're not we are infinite but we also need it's an exchange everything is an exchange mm-hmm. if we if we're only giving away we're we're being depleted right? right. And I talk mm-hmm. to clients about that a lot where we have this notion of taking care of yourself is selfish. No, no, no. I have to do something for everybody else. How can you do that if you don't mm-hmm. take care? It's, you know, even trees, trees know that. They give us oxygen, right. but they're taking the CO2. Like it's a, right. you know, it's a <laughs> Exactly. We reciprocate it. Yeah, we work together. Exactly. So that's what I see as the future of currency. And, and I think it will take this idea of taking away um, a, and a connotation with money being evil or greed, mm-hmm. even though that's, it it makes sense that we see it that way because we've seen such examples of greed and wealth run wild. Mm -hmm. But again, there's a balancing that's happening. And when we see that, I think our notions about all these concepts like money and love and sex and relationship and power and these things can shift because none of those things are inherently bad, but we've decided Mm -hmm. they are because we've seen really contorted views of them. Right. Right. Mm Yeah, no,
1: absolutely. And I've, I've had to do a lot of my own kind of unlearning of of some of those sort of inherited beliefs, right? Around yeah. like, I'm doing spiritual work. Like it shouldn't, like, you know, how can I charge money? Oh, I just want to like give all my love away for free. And it's like, well, yes. And like, I, I do need to pay my bills, right?
0: Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we do live in a physical world. We may be spiritual beings, but we're, we're having yeah. a, a, a physical experience, right? So yeah. we need to like, we still got to like, you know, sleep Mm -hmm. and right. And the thing I've heard about that too,
1: um, that I also really like is like, There's a danger, I think, for those of us who do spiritual work of like falling into this martyr complex, like, oh, it's all me. I'm just going to give everything and save the world, right? And like, none of us can save the world individually, right? Because we're not, we're not the goddess, we're we're a piece of her work, right? Um, But if I, if I say, oh, I I don't need your money, I'm just going to give this away for free. It's almost like I'm saying to the other person, you have nothing to offer me. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and they do, that person has a lot to offer me just because of who they are and and their, you know, in their divine being that is within them. Right. So, so it's, it's actually like, when I heard that, I was like, Oh wow. Like it's a way of honoring this, that there is a sacred exchange happening. This person is valuable. They have value to offer. And so do I. Right. And so we're going to, we're going to have an exchange here. It's not about just me
0: kind of going out and saving the world. Right. So, yeah. No, 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 no! Like do it all on my own kind of way, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. That's what. Yeah, that's the exact notion that I <laughs> felt drawn to. Yeah. Um. So, one thing I would love you to elaborate on, Kathleen, to your work specifically, is so. Bridget's flame. Can you share a little bit more about that specifically? That seems to be so. That's like the name of your your mm-hmm. program, right? Or like your mm-hmm. website. It's it's on there. So, what is that? Because to me, that thing makes me think of like Irish. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of is she? Is she an yeah. Irish goddess or what is Bridget? Yes, thank you for asking. And so, what is her flame?
1: Tell <laughs> us about it. This is my one of my favorite
0: topics, as okay. you might imagine. Um,
1: so, Bridget. Bridget is uh, she is a goddess. She was the ancient um, pagan goddess of Ireland before it became Christian. One of the many pagan gods and goddesses of Ireland, and she was the goddess of the sun and of fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her role was to wake up the earth after the winter and to bring back spring. Right. Um, so that's why her holiday is celebrated on February first. It's it's called in bulk and it's halfway between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. Mm-hmm. And that's when it's when like in the northern hemisphere you look around and you see like, wait a minute, maybe there's a little bit more. It's like it's February, it's not spring, but it's that moment when you you can see the first signs of hope that spring is coming. <laughs> right. It's kind of like the pre-spring when you can be like, maybe winter doesn't last forever. Right. And which is what I love so much about Bridget. It's like, she's like that moment of not even like when the thing is fully bloomed yet. Right. The flowers are not out. The trees are not, you know, it's not like what we have now in in April, but it's that moment when you realize there's hope that is like, what so like draws me and speaks to my heart. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so that like, that's Bridget, she's a fire goddess. She's also a water goddess. Um, But the thing about Bridget that's interesting is that when Ireland became uh, Christianized, Bridget didn't go away. The people just started referring to her as a saint. So instead of goddess Bridget, she became Saint Bridget. And there actually was a historical woman named Bridget who lived in this, this town called Kildare in Ireland. She founded a monastery, which was actually for men and women. Is kind of interesting right she didn't and she was the abbess so she was like in charge of, of the men and the women who lived in this religious spiritual community um and what they did was that the ancient priestesses of bridget um of the goddess had always kept a perpetual fire burning for for the goddess because she's a goddess of fire right and each priestess would tend the fire on on a certain day um i don't know why but they had 19 19 was the rotation so 19 priestesses and then on the 20th day the goddess herself bridget would tend the fire so that's, that was the legend. Well, when St. Bridget started her, her Catholic monastery in Kildare, the nuns kept the flame of the goddess alive. So they kept tending the flame of Bridget in the Catholic convent <laughs> and that flame burned for hundreds of years like uninterrupted in Ireland in, in this monastery in Kildare. Um I, I think it was lost sometime around like the 16th century or whatever but the there is an order of Bridgetine sisters today who relit the flame in 1993 I think um and so they have a Bridgetine spirituality center there and you can you can go there right there are these wonderful Irish nuns and and you can meet Bridget's sisters today and you can see that I actually went there in in 2018 um, you, they have this little candle <laughs> that's in that's on the floor in their spirituality center, and they were like, "That's the thing with Bridget." I was like, "Cool, <laughs> that's amazing, right?" So the idea that like this, first of all, it's like she's the goddess and she's the saint, right? She is um, she's a blend of the pagan and the the Catholic Christian, right? Which is I come from an Irish Catholic background, so I I really gravitated towards that. Um, and to me, Bridget holds this image of like keeping the divine feminine alive. Like that idea of like the, the flame burned in a Catholic monastery for hundreds of years, flame of the goddess, right? Um, so she, she stayed alive under patriarchy in the ways that she needed to, as women have done throughout the centuries, right? And now it's time for her to come back. Now it's that moment when we have that, and he's like, yeah, now it's that moment when we have that in bulk, like that little ray of hope, like, wait, the sun's coming back. Wait, winter doesn't last forever. Right. Like that's the moment that I feel like we're at in history right now. So Bridget, I mean, she's the one who's like waking us all up to me. Right. She's the one who's like, Hey, let's bring back spring. (laughs) Let's bring back the divine feminine. I have, I have survived. I've hit, I've been sort of hiding out, like staying alive in the ways I needed to, but, but here we go. Like it's time for the goddess to come back.
0: Right. So, yeah. She's she's my favorite. I love her. <laughs> I love that, and because it truly really, well, I think because it it really does seem like that's the time that we're in. You know, mm-hmm. we we've gone through this darkness. We're going through it, but as you said, the darkness doesn't last. Right, it, it can't last forever. And you know, I think every person has gone through dark times in their life where it felt like, mm-hmm. is the light gonna return? And can I survive this? Can I live through this darkness? Yeah. And there's nothing like that first moment of that life coming back, yeah. the light returning where you where you have that hope and you think, oh my goodness, I think things might be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there might be a a change, a turn happening. Right. You know, and it's the most beautiful thing. And it, it just reignites this this again, this enchant enchantment and beauty of life where, you know, and then we're able to do things like bless the darkness. Because mm-hmm. without the darkness, we can't truly appreciate that emerging into this new era of light. You no. Know? Mm-hmm. And, and then we see the cycles of life and the importance of everything, dark, light, up, down, all the, all the dualities that, mm-hmm. you know, dualities keep us apart, but they're also a unique experience in this life of, you know, we wouldn't know one thing if we didn't know another. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I love that, that she represents that, you know, keeping something alive, even if you don't know if it's still alive, because the, even when yeah. we're in the darkness, we're still this brilliant, you know, infinite goddess, but we're just, and so you just have to hold on tight. You know, I remember my mom telling me that once. She's like, you know, I was going through a hard time and she's like, just hold on tight. Just, you'll know, you'll get through. And you do kind of, you just have to say, okay, I know that in here is still me, my, you know, infinite goddess- self and mm-hmm. i'll come out mm-hmm. on the other side but sometimes i can feel like yeah. you lose you lose touch with whatever you thought you had before right
1: and sometimes that's where i feel like it takes the reminder from community it takes the reminder yes. from someone else right like being, being having someone say to you and witness to you like what your mom said like you're gonna be okay like you're still mm-hmm. in there <laughs> and the the right. essence of who you are is still this divine light right um even when we're having those moments when we can't we feel like we can't be in touch with it right
0: Yes, community is so mm-hmm. critical. And I I think that's returning more as well. The more mm-hmm. a more communal and like sort of village tribal mentality where everyone is we're in this together. Because I think the loss of that is what's created so much suffering and devastation for humans. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the rates of suicide while they skyrocket, people commit suicide ultimately, I believe, for in the end, it's because of one reason they feel utterly alone and hopeless, right? And it's that separation where you, you know, cause I've been in that dark space where you don't even, you don't think there's a way out and you really, at a certain point, you don't even want to try. You don't really mm-hmm. even want to turn to the light. You're just so in that deep darkness yeah. and, and it takes, you know, it can take someone kind of reaching and pulling you out of that. But then once they do, all it can take is just an instant of, Oh my gosh. It, you're okay I'm gonna be okay right you know and I see that a lot in my work and and I see that the most when I have worked with um teenagers which is heartbreaking because the scary thing yeah. is that for teens you know their life is still small and their their concepts are small so if, if something feels totally terrible they can make rash decisions and if but all it can take is like this you know a bringing to their awareness of hey right. you're gonna be okay and we're here to support you and it's like they suddenly yeah. like a wilted flower will just mm-hmm. Spark up when they feel like, oh, you actually see me, you actually hear me, you care. You know, so I think the it's devastating that we've gotten to this point where these things happen so frequently. It just shows our level of detachment and Mm -hmm. division from one another. But when we recultivate that sense of, you know, we are all in this together, then Mm -hmm. that goes away. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: just I love how you're talking about just the. The the power of of seeing one another and yeah. and really like like you said it, it maybe doesn't take much it just can take like one little message of hope,
0: right yeah. for for someone to be able to grab onto. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's 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 so funny how two things can happen at the same time because on the one hand I feel like we are moving towards that, but on the other hand with you know the advent and the growth of social media and online stuff, it just creates such a presence of of constantly it's like presenting yourself but with detachment. Like, oh, this is who I am. Like people can right. appear a certain way, but you don't actually know what they're really experiencing, who they really are. And it can give this false notion to many people of, oh my gosh, everyone else has it together. Has this, has all these things that I don't have. Mm-hmm. And it creates, it's it's ironic because- Comparison, yeah. What's that? Which yeah. is a constant comparison. comparison. No, I don't look like my picture's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> that person's picture. Totally. Right. And it's ironic yeah. because it, the internet connects us, but it also makes us feel so de- separate from and divided mm-hmm. from others. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, again, it's interesting to have those both occur at the same time. We mm-hmm. have that working, tor- but you know, the internet, is just a tool. And so social, social media that we decide how we use it just like money. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not inherently bad. We've just taken it to a place where I don't think it's doing us. Uh, I think it's doing us more harm than good right now, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it can't change.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I like that you said it's just a tool, and, and and yeah. I mean, as we are able to do more in person things, I am like so looking forward to that. Like having in person retreats and circles and all these things. Mm-hmm. And you know, I see the real blessing and the benefit of being able to reach especially as this sort of like divine feminine movement is is like blossoming, <laughs> right? Yeah. Being able to reach people from anywhere and like have people who are absolutely anywhere in the world be able to to participate and talk to one another. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, there's there's definitely blessings. There's also, I, I hear you on the, you know, the dark side of social media.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think, I, you know, I just got this vision of it's just about shedding light onto the darkness, like, because we don't want to be scared of it. I think that mm-hmm. we don't want to be too scared. Like, oh, this mm-hmm. is, there's nothing I can do about this. It's, we can, we always have the power to, of transmutation to take what is mm-hmm. and shift it into something else always. Right. I don't like that. It and, sounds like talking me. Yeah. <laughs> transmutation. Yeah. Yeah. So there's much hope and there's great, beautiful things happening right now. Mm-hmm. Like the work that you do and the things that you're bringing into the world And this shift that is happening, you know, I love you state on your website that um, the goddess's return means the end of oppression Mm -hmm. and just an adjust society for all. Mm -hmm. And that's what what I have these visions of several generations from now and how people live and that it's just going to be almost, it's going to be similar, but almost unrecognizable in terms of like the quality of life and the way Mm -hmm. that we live our life. And I speak to this often on on the show, but I feel like in 700 years, people are going to use this time now as like this parable of like, well, there was once this time where, you know, people, some people had all the money and some people had no money and, and some people ate everything and some people had nothing to eat. And people will say, what, how was that? How was that ever possible? Mm-hmm. There's no way that's true. And people will say it is true. And we need to remember that because that's the place we can get to if we forget who we really are and forget mm-hmm. about balance and the, the need for all parts of ourselves, the God and the goddess the, you know, our true selves to be present and to mm-hmm. have a place here. So That's I think that we're leading vision. the way. <laughs> I love that
1: as the, the future society that will look back at us and go, Oh, let's not,
0: <laughs> yeah. let's not
1: repeat some of those mistakes. Right. Yeah. Um, but what a powerful time that that means we're in. Yes. Right. Like, Absolutely. like the time of the, the sort of the shift and the transformation. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah, it actually makes me think, um, the other part of the legend of of bridget of of saint bridget but of course like the goddess gets mixed up with the saint so who knows right um but the the story about saint bridget goes that she was born on the threshold of a house like her mother literally gave birth to her while crossing into or or out of a doorway <laughs> right and that she was that so she was like on this threshold and her role is to hold space in those those transition times right and for saint bridget it was it was the pagan times to the christian times of ireland right mm. and and for us now maybe it's that transition right of the the divine feminine coming back yeah and oh well the other, the other thing you said that just made me think of like the goddess is like the idea of a you know what what loving mother would say like to her children like some of you get all of the good stuff and blessings and some of you don't right mm. no mother would say that like so the god is a loving mother right she the the divine one brings us all around her table like that's which well and that's what jesus did too Right, as as her, someone who was representing her values, right. Um, but yeah, the idea that like she she cares for us all equally and she wants to create that peace, right? That that web of sort of interdependence on the planet, rather than like a hierarchy of power, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That balance, that collaboration, where because then that's how you empower people by saying, "Hey, guess what? Everybody has a place here." Mm-hmm. Everybody has a vital, important, integral place mm-hmm. here at the table. And, and another image that I, I like to share, and I think a lot of people have the same image in different forms, is you know so, sort of humanity is like this gorgeous mosaic where you need every single little piece so to cool. create the bigger picture when you take a step back and say, oh my gosh, you wouldn't have this whole picture if you didn't have every shade of different tile here. Everyone mm. needs to be present. So cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> i think that's what this work is contributing to is to allowing this notion back into people's hearts and minds mm-hmm. is that i do matter i do yeah. belong and i am you know i am that's all <laughs> that's all i need to be said i am, I am. Yeah. and that is you know the fact that you are and that you're here is you know it means that you're the goddess and and it just you know the more that i do work as a therapist and work towards this concept of the divine feminine, it it just breaks my heart that people don't see just how miraculous and magnificent they are.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I'm excited for the day when we all start to see it. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, Whitney, for your work as a therapist too. Like, I mean, I I know that you're, you know, maybe in a between time or or juggling these different (laughs) callings and careers or these different ways of, of being you and doing your work in the world, right? But what a blessing for someone to be able to sit with you and hopefully come back into touch with that beauty of their own
0: life, right? Of their yeah. own being. Yeah, it's such a sacred experience and such mm-hmm. sacred work. As as you know, as you do, you know, we're mm-hmm. all doing this beautiful sacred work in our own way. Mm-hmm. And I also, I, I want to, you know, kind of close with this is that I love that you said earlier about Googling, <laughs> how yeah. do I create a priest? Is <laughs> because when you said that, what I thought of, nothing is outside of spirit, nothing's outside really? of source. So it's yeah, not I'll like, well, sure Google. And, <laughs> yeah, and I also would encourage that to anyone who's like, well, I don't think I want to be like a divine teacher, but I still want to contribute to this. Mm-hmm. There's nothing outside of source. You can be like, you can be like a carpenter and, you know, well, there goes back to Jesus, but you can, <laughs> you can design tables because maybe that's like going to help people who are going to, you know, like everybody has their own and also like create beautiful tables. Like that's a master right. craft in itself. So there's nothing outside of source. Anything can be done through your you know, through spirit, through source in divinity, because that's everything is, there's nothing outside of it. So I just wanted to, to point that out because I, I think people often think that like, well, I have to be like meditating right. all day, every day to be sacred. No, you just have to be listening to that inner calling, be connected to that mm-hmm. inner self, connect with your inner God or goddess source. Absolutely. What is
1: that saying? Like the the world needs people who are fully alive, right? So like do the thing that makes you fully alive because that's what that's what goddess is, is longing to express through you. Right.
0: Yes, I yeah. talked about that the other day on the show. That's did. quotes. I so I had like one of my first awakenings when I was like 24, and I was just going through this period. And I also thought of this because I googled, "What should I do with my life?" <laughs> <laughs> See, I was like I don't know what to do. Like Google, tell me. Where <laughs> I go. But I got obsessed with quotes because it, wow. it inspired me, and I actually discovered this place. I was living in Seattle at the time. It's called the East West Bookstore. They have mm-hmm. them all over the place. I don't know if you've been, but it's just a wonderful little spiritual bookstore. And I would go and look up quotes and that was one of them. And the quote is, don't worry about what the world needs. Focus on what makes you come alive because what the world needs are people who have come alive. Right. And it's true. Like, we don't want to Mm be like, okay, well, I got to go do this. It's like, no, like whatever brings you to life, that literally is source. That's when you know that you're connected with source because it's like, yay. Right, right. That's the thing that you're supposed to be doing. Like, that's the thing that the world needs from you, right? Yeah. And even if it's like, I don't know. Like, like fixing people's plumbing. Like if that's when you're like totally jazzed to do like, then awesome. Do it. And, and like, that's amazing because I don't know
1: how to fix my own plumbing. The world <laughs> yeah. really needs people who know how to fix plumbing. <laughs> like like I am, oh I, I'm happy to pay good money for that. <laughs> <sacred exchange. laughs> Let's go back to sacred exchange. Right. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I love it.
0: I love it so much. Well, Kathleen, this has been such a fun conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much,
1: Whitney.
0: Yeah. And I'd love to do it again sometime in a little while when you're established and in your new place and can tell us more about, I'm sure, because I imagine your work will continue to evolve and grow. Mm -hmm. But it's such a beautiful place and I enjoy your circles. And if people want to work with you, if they want to attend these amazing circles, whether it's for, um, Reiki energy work, you sometimes hold circles for that, but also for the moons, mm-hmm. the new moons, which is a fabulous experience. How can they find you? How can they join? Yeah, thanks. So, um, so you can find my website, which is Bridges
1: flame.org. It's B R I G I D S flame.org. <laughs> um, And I also have a meetup group for the new moon. So it's, it's called new moon goddess circle. If you're on meetup, just search new moon goddess circle. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can search also on meetup Reiki with the goddess, if you're interested in doing Reiki meetups and those are open to all genders. So I I haven't talked as much about that, but but I do do Reiki um, sessions, meetups and and teaching. In fact, if you want to become a Reiki practitioner, that's all always open to all genders. Um, And yeah, my spiritual accompaniment work uh, is also available on the website and if you do go to the website bridgesflame.org, um, I'd love to share with you a free gift that you can download there. Uh, it's called Five Ways to Connect with the Sacred Feminine Daily, and so that just has like simple spiritual practices that you can do just every day. It's it's a free guide um, for some some simple ways that you can start bringing that divine feminine energy into your life. So I would love to share that
0: with you. Fantastic! Yeah, lovely gift. Thank you for that. And all those links will be in the show notes for everyone to find wow well again kathleen thank you so much i look forward to seeing you at the next circle and we have our the new moon coming up in a few because we just had the full moon yeah. in mm-hmm. um in, in uh, libra and yes. now we're going to have our new moon in taurus
1: in taurus um Ooh. circle coming up april 28th so you can find that on meetup um mm-hmm. or if you download the gift on my website you can get
0: on my mailing list and then you'll find out about it oh cool you ever got to jump on that fantastic <laughs> All right. Well, take care, Kathleen. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Whitney. God has blessings. That wraps up our beautiful conversation with our wonderful guests. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Waken podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with others and come back for more. If anything you heard resonates, leave a review or send me an email at Whitney at womenwaken.com and check out the website, womenwaken.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your light shine and keep an eye out for your special gifts and magic.